Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, man, it is it's great to be with everybody. Pastor George, as always, sends his love. Uh, wishes he could be here. He is chomping at the bit to get home. I mean, God, if for no other reason just to be in your own bed. But um, I know he just has such a deep, deep desire to be back here and hug everybody and see everybody and spend some time together in worship and in the Word. So, um, you know, we, we're looking forward to that as well. So, but I'm also looking forward to getting into this Word with you all this morning. It is... Um, Kind of on the heels of what I shared with you uh, about two weeks ago out of Ephesians chapter 4 about the heart that we should have to help and how each part of the body, every joint should supply what what it must in order that the body would grow and build itself up in love. And so here's a little bit more. I want to go further into this this book of Ephesians today. We're going to be in chapter 5 and I want to talk today about um, getting to work. That's the title today. Get to work to work, this idea of getting to work, and, and what areas that, that, I, that, that I think are, are areas that we need to really say, man, we got to get to work in some of these areas because God has definitely gifted us, graced us, and called us um, as such. So we're going to get into it today. Father, thank you for your word. I'm declaring it's going to be life-changing. It's going to be powerful for everyone in this room today to receive what you have to say to us, Lord. Help us to have Open eyes, open ears, so that you can do what you want to do in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, let's get right into it. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 21 is where we're going to hang out today. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord." Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Works of darkness, um, and try to discern, I'm sorry, what is pleasing to the Lord, and take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Man, that's a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of challenging stuff in there. Also, stuff that we are called to walk in. And so I want to highlight one thing as kind of an indicator 
or a pointer for the rest of what we're going to talk about, and it comes right out of verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. We're going to give out some, a lot of tips today on practical things, and one of the things I want to remind you and point you back to often is we should be imitators of God as beloved children, as his children. So this isn't a list of like laundry lists. If you can measure up, level up, and be good enough and do these things, good job. It's actually out of imitation, imitation and imitating our God as his beloved children, we then do these things. Okay? I'm going to start with a story of one of my kids today. You know, I tell him. This is a good one. He won't mind. So Zachary, when Zachary was about three, one day, he's over here, okay, what's this about, Dad? When he was about three, I'm in my house walking around. Um, I think it was maybe a Saturday, not sure. But I hear the drum kit, okay? We, we now have an electronic drum kit. My, my wife praises the Lord that it's an electronic kit and not the full drum set we used to have when five, six houses down, they could hear our boys practicing their drums. <laughs> now it's electronic, so only we hear it in the house. Um, so I hear the drum kick going. Kylos was about 10. He was about four years into his drum lessons with, with one of my good friends who's from tech, who lives in Texas now. And um, I, I'm listening to him, and you know we're a musical family, so I'm going to go, okay, he's in the process of learning. I'm going to go in there. You missed a couple hits. There's a fill that was a little bit off. Let's go talk about it. Just be real, okay, musicians, we're doing our thing. And I open the door and I realize, it's not Kyla's. It's Zachary. At the time, 10 years, uh, 10 years ago, Zachary is three. Okay, so I see his little nothing but a pull-up on body <laughs> on the kit, legs barely reaching pedals. And that boy's playing the full drum set. There have been no drum lessons yet. Not one. Not one. And I'm sitting there, I said, back for my phone. <laughs> He's still playing, so I, I go in, I sneak around, because I don't want him to see me. You know how kids are. They'll do something all while, and then you show them, they're like, they stop. So I'm trying to get all the video I can. So I'm taping, I'm taping. But, but my boy looks around, and this is him. So I'm videoing, I'm around the corner, and this is him. He's on the kit. He realized I'm videoing, so then he goes. <laughs> my man, he was like, all right, okay, now I got an audience. And, and not only that, he was on one cymbal. He then changes. I was like, if you guys play drums or you know any music, I was like, oh, he knows how to go from the hat to the ride already. No less. I was like, what? So then he finished, I said, buddy. So I stopped and I said, buddy, how did you learn that? What, when did this happen? I mean, I, my, your mama homeschools you, but I only go to work so much. <laughs> when did this? Uh, I said, how did you learn that? He goes, I just watched Kylas. And I'm sitting there like, number one, this is not normal, okay, that he's picking up as a three-year-old the full drum kit. Okay, and again. I'm a musician, so it's one thing to say, oh, that's sweet, my kid was playing, but then to say, my kid was playing, different, different levels, okay? <laughs> just being real, because as a musician, I'm, I'm, I could say that. And, and, and so I just sat there, and it was actually a, a life-changing moment for me because I realized that here's this kid, he had an ability to imitate or follow somebody else. And I said, now, and of course, Holy Spirit does what Holy Spirit does. And I brought that right over, and I was like, man, Lord, how much of a lesson is this for us in the Spirit and how we live? I'm, I'm, Jesus told us, listen, man, I'm only doing what the Father 
does. You're absolutely right, John. I'm only, I'm only saying what I hear him say. Why? Because we have walked so close in relationship. And yes, there's the do's, the don'ts, the you must, this and that. But the connection, the relationship was such that I could imitate my father and live this out. And I saw in that moment with my son this opportunity that we have as people walking in the spirit as what? Children of God who are what? Imitators of God as beloved children. We can then live some things out in our life. And we have to because it's hard sometimes in our natural man to do the things that we have to do. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? I mean, some stuff is like, bruh, can I pass on that one? You know, you're like uh, playing dominoes. Any Caribbeans in the house? Caribbeans play more dominoes than most people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Try to take that pass. You don't get to take that pass in the spirit. It's going to be there, <laughs> and it's going to be there, and okay, we're going to receive and walk in that and obey that, and then we're going to move on from there, but let's be imitators of God. So let's get to work. We have work to do in our lives, but that work, again, I want to, I want to see that as a backdrop for the work that we do, that we're imitators of God, graced by him as his beloved children to live some things out, not people who are tasked by a hard taskmaster, go and do these things, and then you'll be right with me. Because you are my beloved children, John 1.12, as many as have received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, the ones born of the Spirit. We then get to imitate God and live out some things that he's called us to. Amen? Amen. So I got three areas for you today that we got to get to work in these things. But again, as imitators of God. Number one, in your walk with God. Again, back to verse 1 through 11. Remember, we started, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. And it lists all these sins. That, 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 that can put us off track and cause us to be in a place that is not in alignment with who God's called us to be, right? And then we come back down to verse 7. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are in the Lord. Not light because you figured it out, made it happen, and now you're a golden child on your own. But because in the Lord, you're light. So you are simply living out who you're supposed to be when you do these things. I'm going to say it again. When we do these things to turn away from these sins and turn to righteousness and holiness, we are simply living out who we are called to be because we are light in Christ. Work being done on the inward man, which then is expressed in the outward man. Okay? So... Your light in the Lord. Then do what? Walk as children of light. That means there's some volition and there's some effort when I get up that I don't say, well, you know, God knows. I did that again. Hey, I'm dust. It's fine. Excuse, excuse, excuse. It's not what we just read. You were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So then, because you are, walk as such. Okay? Walk as such. How many of you understand? How many of you guys have some sins that you guys are trying to battle out of? Don't want you, don't want you to raise your hand, but you know it's a battle. The flesh is weak. But remember, the source is because you've been changed in the inward man by Christ. The old has passed away. 
Behold, the new has come because you're a new creation in Christ. And therefore, I can get up and by the grace of God, walk as a child of light. Okay? And do what? Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord and take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Let me hit on verse 10 for a second. Try to discern what's pleasing to the Lord. You need to know what it is that the Lord has given you freedom to do and not. Some of y'all don't need to go to certain places ever again. Not because I said, you do whatever you want. That's between you and God. But that's the point. It's between you and God. Because there's some places some of y'all know you don't ever need to go again. There's some relationships you might not have to be, you might not interact with. You might forgive, but to quote one pastor I heard one time, you may forgive, walk some things out, but you might not ride in the same boat again. That's tough, but actually it's to both of your benefit. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you're over here bound up in bitterness, hatefulness, Come on now. That, that's, that's clear. You got to walk in forgiveness. But it doesn't, mean that you're, it doesn't mean that you're riding in my golf cart to play golf. Okay? All right? There's me and Tommy. There's a handful. Me and Brother Daryl. Me and TJ. Okay? doesn't mean everybody's riding in the golf cart with you. Not because it's eliteness. But it's because for somebody that might be a challenge that they just, that it's, it's, they just it's not, it's not going to work out for them. Doesn't mean you didn't forgive. There's some wisdom because there's a thing called boundaries sometimes that you have to have. And they do matter. It's challenging sometimes, but that's part of the wisdom in discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. There's some brothers who I have as friendships with. And you know what I have on my Facebook account is I don't follow anything they do. I wish them happy birthday. I'm just being honest. It is better for me to pray for them. Because I know I'm going to see half the stuff that they post or say that is going to irritate me. So why do it? It is super easy for me to then say, man, I pray for you and I bless you, brother. That's a practical example of discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. Some of y'all are over here thinking everybody has to become your buddy and ride in your truck with you. Not everybody's going to do that. But you do need to walk in love and forgiveness to everybody. Hello? I'm getting ahead of myself. That's the second section. That's the relationship part. So in this one, I have three R's for you. Receive the word, repent and walk it out, and remember to continue. Receive the word. When you see the word come to you, it's going to come to you, and the second decision needs to be made, which is, do I need to repent and walk it out? Or am I in a place where I just simply need to remember and continue? That's why anytime the scripture is taught in public, you as a believer have that opportunity. I don't care if it's your favorite preacher. I don't care if they teach topically. I don't te- care if they teach expositorily. I don't care if they bring a mic up, have somebody prophesy. I don't care if they come up and you just don't like how they sound. Got an accent you can't understand. Got a translator. It doesn't matter. Every time you as a believer have these opportunities to hear the word. And then as you hear the word, you can either repent Walk it out because you're not so far, or you're reminded this is what it is, and I'm going to continue in faithfulness every time. All right? That's just, that's, just a, that's just a strong encouragement. I learned it a long time ago. It's working well, and I encourage you to continue in it. If you're not already there, then it's a great opportunity <laughs> for you to repent and walk out what God's word has to say which is to receive the truth of his word and live that out as a believer. Why? Because you were darkness, but now you're light. Therefore, because you're light, we're in Christ. Get up and walk as a child of God. 
a child of the light. I was reading in my commentaries this week, one of the commentaries that I, um, that, that I was looking at said this, one of the great heresies of the church has been over the years that believers can get saved, come to Jesus basically, and then continue to live any way they want. Absolutely, and it's still the case today. In the name of misquoted Matthew chapter 7. Judge not. I talked about it last time. And I do correct myself. Last time me and John were talking afterwards, I flipped, I flipped the whole plank and the speck thing. The plank's in your eye. The speck's in your neighbor's eye, okay? Just make sure we're clear. It says that in your Bible. But seriously, that's the idea sometimes. We have this, oh, judge not, because then we have permissiveness to continue doing whatever we want. We don't. We are not our own. We are bought with a price in Christ. Therefore, get up and walk as children of light. You don't have the option. That's some of these questions that we have, and we do walk in grace and mercy one with another with if there's sin or there's challenges, but there comes a place of calling someone to account after you first have received it because God isn't leaving us the way we are. Come as you are to be changed. Not come as you are to stay as you are. Come on. They, they try, they're going to try to tell you that. Wishy-washy folks are going to try to tell you that in and out of the church. Hey, man, it's fine. You do you, boo. You keep on. Do whatever you want. No, 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 no. I must decrease. And he must increase. Amen? All right, let's go to the second one. This is, this is good, man. I don't know if any of y'all are enjoying I'm enjoying the word today. Second one. Second one, we got to go, get to working in your relationships with others. Ephesians 5, 17, and then 20 to 21. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And let's jump down to verse 20. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, if you've never taken these passages together, which we, we can sometimes do, you go from chapter 4, we talk about the equipping of the church, the building up, the responsibilities of each person to give their part, and then that the body will grow and build itself up in love. Then we get where we are today, which is chapter 5, that we can be imitators of God, beloved children, living out the things he's called us to. And then we get to this thing of the context of much of this, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Anybody know what the next section of that chapter is? The marriage section. Hey. And some people want to get offended by that if you're not married yet. But listen, everybody came from a man and a woman. Okay? I know we got all this confusion around here today. And people got, people got IVF and people got trans this and trans that. And I don't know if I'm this and I'm non-binary and whatever else. And all these things are there. I understand there are struggles. But everybody came from a man and a woman. Whether you extracted and did IVF or whether you had them do the traditional method. <laughs> if we're going to put it out there, you know what I'm saying. There's some Christian adult content today. Um, that's why God begins there. So we have first context, husband and wife, children. Then the second context, again, this is in your Bible. I'm not lying to you. The second context in that next passage of Scripture is parents and children. That's everybody's first next experience. Okay? And even when that's broken, that's why if you guys, you know, one of the, the, the organizations we support here is 
uh, Foster, Florida. If you don't know about their work, doing great work. Hey, amen. Heather's, Heather's throwing a hand up. Um, and some of you guys who have been adoptive parents in our house, beautiful. Because even if that natural system's broken, there still is a need for those kids to have parents. Right? So that's the next context we have. Then the third concept we have, which basically kind of blankets everybody else, is specifically generally titled in most Bibles as bond servants and masters, meaning basically employers and employees. So work is really the next deal, right? What's the first step out of most people's house? Work, really. Even if it's school, it's a teacher expecting a product from the student. Again, you get, you get what I'm saying here? So the context then is how we live out one with another these relationships, submitting one to another. Okay? Out of what? Reverence for who? Christ. And all of this is wrapped in the topic of what? Starts with an L, ends with of. All this is wrapped in love. You don't get to do this without love. There's not an option. Go read 1 Corinthians 13. Don't have time to get into that one today. But 1 Corinthians 13 gives you some guidance in there. We talked about that last time. Out of reverence for Christ. So here's three things now on this one. Work to honor Christ in your relationships. Second, work to honor others in your relationships. And third, work to mend and maximize every relationship. Now, the first two, you're like, why'd you put two when it's, why'd you put others when it's a relationship anyway? Because here's what we do sometimes in relationship. Yeah, God, I'm going to go ahead and do what I need to do faithfully so I don't dishonor you and forgive this brother, forgive this sister, you know, so that I can keep my heart right with you. Because, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm faithful and I'm going to keep it all together. Have I actually stepped into honoring the other person yet? No, not a chance. That's why I put them separately. Because <laughs> sometimes that's our thing is, well, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to white knuckle it. I'm just going to get it done because, by God, one day when they get mature... Let me dance back over to the married people. You know, if, yes, Lord, if she would just, you know, God, you know her. <laughs> well, God, you know, if he would just be more, well, you know, like Jesus. <laughs> right? When, when, when a lot of times what we got to do is this right here, Lord. Deal with me. Last week, I was doing it, and the Holy Spirit was like, mm, let me get you, boy. I was like, Lord, I pray and believe that they will. And the Holy Spirit was like, it was almost like if I could see the Lord, like, standing back saying, boy, you're so funny. And I was like, okay, I get it, Lord. And I said, Father. I pray that I would do X, Y, and Z towards this person. And, Lord, whatever they need. Your, your word says that the, the Holy Spirit comes to convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. I, it doesn't say me in there. <laughs> it says the Holy Spirit will come and convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. I read it again, Lord, and it doesn't say Jamie. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk in love, full of truth, but I'm going to leave that space that you are going to convict and do a work in a person's life so I can honor them. So I'm going to honor you with this relationship, Lord, and I'm going to believe for everything to be the best in that relationship, God. You know, one of the things I loved, if you guys ever saw that movie Fireproof with Kirk Cameron? Oh, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, I love, it's so, the thing was so counterintuitive because it was like all this issue there in this relationship. But then what he was directed to do was just fully not in relationship to trying to fix her in any way, shape, or form. He was like, Lord, I need to come before you. The whole movie was about this brother surrendering himself to the Lord and her realizing in whatever she needed to receive, she would receive from the Lord. Because again, when you got two people who do this, it's so hard to fight. You ever try? Like fighting naked. (laughs) (laughs) You did it. John was quoting Audrey and Bob. I won't even say it for the small children. (laughs) That was good, though. That was good. I love that. It's one of my favorite points from the whole thing. But it's difficult to fight when I've surrendered my weapons. I'm going to say it again. Some of y'all didn't get that. When I've surrendered my weapons, it's difficult to fight. The, actually, the only weapon that we should be wielding is the sword of the spirit. And truthfully, as a married couple, you're going to wield that one together. Come on. Because even then later in that chapter, it speaks to husbands. The washing of your wife with the water of the word. Not the cussing out of your wife. <laughs> so you can be heard. That ain't what it said. The washing of your wife with the water of the word. Wife, respect your husband as he surrenders to the Lord. Right? That's the context there. Then it talks about how you serve, man. Didn't, didn't say you have an out because your boss is tough to work for. No, it said fulfill your responsibilities honorably and as unto the Lord. Didn't give you an out. So again, work to honor Christ, work to honor others, and then work to mend and maximize. I'm going to hang out here for a minute. Sometimes we say, man, what could be better in a particular relationship? Again, seeing it owing to to the reality that maybe there's a boundary that in a certain relationship needs to be set. Okay, but if not, and I'm going to walk with you, what can I do to mend and maximize by the Spirit that relationship? Okay? If you're married... Again, use the context that are there in that scripture. If you're married, come on, man. Like, like you want to be miserable for the next 20? I mean, I'm just saying, I don't think you have to. There's enough suffering in Christ already. Why would I give myself more pain? You got a relationship with a brother or sister? You guys have heard my story with my brothers. We're going to be brothers, <laughs> live together at least for a good, you know, I don't know, 15 to 18, whatever it is. <laughs> timetable depending on how old everybody is why not enjoy you're going to be in this workplace getting this check having to come in because the boss said you might as well make it better i gotta go to this job okay as unto the lord (laughs) figure out what you can do come on man be like a joseph say you know what I show up in this spot, this business is going to be blessed. This business is going to another level. It doesn't even have to do with the boss. It's going to go even further. But guess what you will do? Because you're working to honor Christ and honor others in relationship, you're going to do even better. And guess what's going to happen? The boss, even if the boss don't like you, they're going to have to respect what you're doing. And guess what? If they decide, I just, I can't even deal with the fact that he's good and I want him to be bad and I don't like him, so I'm going to fire him. Guess what God's going to do? Move you to a better thing. Because you're not my provider anyway. 
Hello? And that's something we forget. Like, that person is not your supplier and your provider and the one who makes you complete. What does the word say? You are complete in Christ. Isn't it free? Freeing. Freeing. I may come back to that, but let's go to the third one. (laughs) Next one is your impact on the world. Verses 15 through 17. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Says it a couple times in there, if you didn't notice that in this passage. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of the time. Tell your neighbor, make the best use of the time. So out of this relationship restored to the Lord, this relationship one with another, walking in love, we go into the world to impact. So here's a point for you. Work your gifts for God's glory and the benefit of others. Work your gifts for God's glory and the benefit of others. It's a line that you see. Any of you guys who are, how many business owners in the house? Uh, Any of you business owners who've hit that next level understand this, that when I look to say I want the best for my clients, your business is, number one, better in a general sense because you don't feel like, oh, my God, the grind. I feel like I'm serving and I'm blessing. And additionally, people see that and people see you differently than just the dollars and cents. Right? So my business exists not just to make sure I make a good profit margin on this house, but I want to bless this family with the best house possible. I want to build this building for this company, not just so I can get my dollars and cents. That's part of it, yes. But you know what? When they walk in, I want them to say, we're home. Our company can grow and flourish here. You get what I'm saying? Whatever your business is, you want to care for those people. Listen, I don't want a doctor who comes in and says, you know what? If I can get three more of these in, I can make more money. So when my wife is on the table having a baby... If we could hurry this up, Ms. Chung-Yu, because I got two more. I'm trying to make my dollar. (laughs) That's a good way to get put on the chart, as don't touch me ever again. There are a couple doctors who got that mark from Gina Chung-Yu, because if you all know Gina Chung-Yu, she don't play. She was like holding. I'm like, you just gave birth. They're still working on stuff. She's like, make sure you put on the chart that she doesn't ever touch me again. So she went beast mode on that thing. Like, okay. She knew an extra strength. <laughs> okay? But, but, but what I'm saying is, when things go to another level, it's because I want to look to the benefit of others, not just myself. It's not just I want to execute my responsibility, but I want to say, man, how is that going to be a blessing for you and for somebody else behind you? I love this word here. So this phrase, when you take it to the Greek, it's, it's exagorazo. Exagorazo. And basically, that's the Greek definition of that phrase there, making the best use of the time. In some translation, it says redeem the time. So here's the definitions, and I want to talk, tell you about a conversation I had with my, my man, Pastor Ron, about this. To redeem by payment of a price to recover from the power of another. That just, that just says Jesus right there. What he did for us in redeeming us, taking us from under the power of sin and under the enemy's, uh, enemy's uh, power to now receive life in Christ Jesus. One, here's the second definition. To make wise and sacred use of every opportunity for doing good so that zeal and well-doing are, as it were, the purchase money by which we make the time our own. I'm going to read it again. 
to make wise and sacred use of every opportunity for doing good so that zeal and well-doing are, as it were, the purchase money by which we make the time our own. So we're looking at every opportunity with zeal and wanting to do well, and it's as if we purchase that time to now be good and faithful stewards of it. And I was like, that was amazing in and of itself. But then I went another notch up because I set my notes to Pastor Ron. I said, hey, man, what do you think? And he texts me back, and we start having this conversation about the cultural application of this word. Now, what really happens when they use this term culturally is basically buying at a price where you actually are buying up. He said it to me this way. It's as if you went and you got yourself a nice brand new Kia, good car, good warranty all around. But then you realized in the process that without anything and extra doing by yourself because you made a good purchase there, you actually ended up with a high-end luxury Mercedes, warranties included, and oil changes. Hey. So you got even more than you bargained for. That's really what the essence of this thing is. How do I now take every gift, every talent, and have it be an expression, one of the love of God to everybody around me, but for the benefit of everybody else, such that it's going to go on and on and on and on. When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't go because of the people on the earth at the time. He went for every single human being who would exist, who would then by faith receive the work he did. So that work continues to go and to go, and to go. And not only that, he doesn't just say, like we talked about a little while ago, he doesn't just say, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save you, and you're still going to be a hot mess. Keep in doing what you're doing. But when I justify you by grace through faith, I now will start this process of sanctifying you and doing even more to see those things change, to see those healings happen. Some of you all need healing in some relationships and in some things that have gone on in your past. The Lord wants to do it. Because he's not saying, come as you are, stay as you are, it's fine, man. I paid that price and I only got this. The coupon said that if I paid, I'd only get you into heaven. No, even more so. It said that I'm going to get all this. And guess what? It's going to continue. So there are children not even born yet who will get to receive the redemptive work of Jesus and the sanctifying work that the Holy Spirit does in the process. Come on. He got a whole lot for that price. In that spirit now, my encouragement to you is this. Let your efforts be redeemed and maximized to glorify God in all things and draw others to him. Your efforts, don't belittle your efforts. How many of you ever seen a, an orange seed? Okay. I know you may hit up the, the hybrid oranges. Some of you might not have even seen an orange seed. <laughs> I'm just being real. But, do you, but have you ever seen an orchard? That's a whole lot of trees and a whole lot of oranges. But God in his economy creates it as such that all it takes is a seed to begin. Is it easy? How many tried to plant a citrus tree in your yard before? Okay, most of you, let, let's see, most of you like me, you went and got the little, the little small, little sapling, little small tree, right? How many of you did it that way? You, you bought a little baby tree and then planted that. How many, let me see who's real gutsy. How many of y'all did it from a seed? <laughs> see, wow. Okay, how many succeeded doing it from a seed? Come on. Mama Cologne was like, yes, got her done. That's the beginning. That, that, 
this little thing. And if you're like my Abigail, oh my word, that little girl, as tiny as she is, can eat bags of oranges. Those bags of oranges and the trees they come from, see, see every effort that you have. You don't even realize the full extent. Why? If you'll allow it to be redeemed by the Lord for impact and a mass scale, more and more will come than you could have ever imagined. But if you see it limited, if you visualize and see it limited as, oh, this is just this. You're not stepping into, I believe, what he wants us to step into today. In your life, are there some struggles some of you guys have? Let's go through all of them now. That you can't really see the light on. It's been a struggle constantly. Some of y'all, maybe it's been a sin or a vice or some type. It's for the Lord to take you to say, you know what? You're just seeing a little bit here. I want to do something even bigger here. Some of y'all in some relationships that you've been struggling and having some challenges with. Lord, I'm giving this to you. It's not for me to figure them out and figure out how I'm going to make them better. You are the author of all things. You are the finisher of all things. The word of God says that you work all things together for our good. And it says that you who've begun a good work in us is faithful to complete it. And so, Lord, may it be done. I will do whatever you call me to do and submit and surrender and honor and love and forgive. But, God, I trust you in the process. And then lastly, we then turn around and we say, Lord, how then can I impact the world? Because I have received freely. Now it's time for me to give freely. We're going into a season now with Thanksgiving, with Christmas. I encourage you guys, where is it that the Lord has you to give freely and be to the benefit of others? Some of you, it's going to be effort and time. Some of you, it's going to be money that you give. Some of you, it's actually just going to be to pick up the phone. We don't do that that much anymore. <laughs> so you just type, 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 pick up the phone. Some of you, that's going to be the case. Because it grieves me when I hear stories of people. Like, I, it's not many days that I don't at least have a text message with my brother that's here, that you guys see who you know. And I also have a brother in Orlando, my sister in South Florida. They, it's not abnormal for us to talk, but I, I, I spoke to someone, oh, I haven't spoken to my brother in two years. I said, man, let the Lord do a work. I'm not saying you didn't, but let's believe for another level because God is able. Where I'm not able, where I'm weak, he's made strong. It actually says it's perfected, his strength is, in my weakness. So if I will come to the Lord and say, God, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. Do you have more than this? But I can't do it. I actually think sometimes the Lord is like, now you're talking. Let's get it. I know you can't. I was just waiting for you to figure out that you couldn't. So I can give you all the extra help that I needed to send from heaven by my spirit and by my word to you so that we could see a glorious work, which is going to be for my glory. But for sure, every time is going to be for your good. So come on, stand with me this morning. Prayer team, go ahead and come on down. First thing I want to pray for before I release them is, is for those of you who have not yet fully received the true work of salvation in your life, that maybe you're a visitor today, maybe you've been here, maybe you've been hanging out, maybe you've been checking it out, whatever that might be. 
You need to surrender to Jesus. You need to receive by faith. Again, by grace through faith, the salvation work he has for you. So when we bow every head, close your eyes. And if that's you today, go ahead and throw a hand up. Just go ahead and throw a hand up and we want to pray for you today. If even you're uncertain in that process, we want to pray for you today. Just put a hand up if that's you today. Making sure. Give me another second here. All right, now here's what we're going to pray then. I don't see any hands. Here's how we're going to pray. We're going to pray for every person who's going to see this. And also pray for anybody who's here who maybe didn't have the strength or the courage to raise their hand today. Okay? We're going to pray like that. And then we're going to release this prayer team to pray over you guys today for those who need it. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your saving work. Thank you, Lord, that you showed us. Like we had to, we know in different areas of our lives we've got to get to work. Thank you for the work you did on the cross to redeem, to restore us to proper relationship with you. And for every person who's hearing this under the sound of my voice who may hear this, this in podcast or, or YouTube format or whatever, that they are able to receive the saving work of Jesus if that's what they need. Let every person who hears this, who sees this, receive the truth that there is a way, even though in the natural there seems to be no way, and his name is Jesus. May they receive that today. Father, for anybody today in this house who's in a place of struggle or question or doubt or fear or unbelief, God, even as they come and have an opportunity with this wonderful prayer team, Father, I'm just declaring your work to be done in their life. God, so that as they receive the work that you do, Father, they can get up and do the work you're calling them to, God, in their walk with you, in the relationship they have with other people around them, and then as they get up to impact the world around them, Lord, you do all things well, but in your grace and mercy, you partner with us. We remind ourselves, God, what the word says, that we are your fellow workers for good. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.